We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 25th, 2010. And it's part one, and uh, we'll be going over some different articles today here. We're going to be looking a little bit at the uh, Icelandic volcano event that's been going on. Uh, also, a little bit further look at Obama pushing Israel to uh, give up more of Jerusalem and the consequences of that. We'll be looking at a study that confirms the link between autism and the use of cells from aborted babies and vaccines. We've talked a lot about that in the past. We're going to give some more confirmation there. And then this deadly airborne fungus in Oregon that's killing one in four that are infected. We'll be looking at that. Uh, We're also going to be looking at the emergent church. Uh, We're going to be doing a little bit of study on that from Lighthouse Trails. And then Max Lucado joins what they call the Covenant for Civility. This is another thing that's been going on as well. And some amazing quotes um, from heretics that you might want to, you might be interested in. Then we're going to be looking at a a brief article regarding um, giants and mummies and remains that have been found and it's all being pretty much and has been suppressed in the news for quite a long time. We'll be looking at just a brief look at the last edition of Share International, uh, Devil Betrayers magazine that he puts out once a month or once every two months on Share International. And uh, those will be the topics for today. So let's go ahead and start off here with this article from Cutting Edge. Uh, on Iceland's volcano. Now, there's a quote, and I, I quoted this in my PowerPoint presentation that I did on avian flu. This is from 428 of 1997 from Defense Secretary William Cohen. And he states, quote, Other <clears throat> enemy scientists are engaging even in an echo type of terrorism, whereby they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. So now this has been well known for a long, long time that we actually can control the weather. There were, uh, there was a treaty that I cited in the PowerPoint presentation that I did on the avian flu. You can go see it up on YouTube. And I gave you the actual treaty and the statements and the quotes. And this has been known for a long, long time. <clears throat> and they have openly stated it, that weather control is a reality. It can be done. And you know if it can be done, it is being done. And notice here they mentioned specifically setting off earthquakes. And this is Defense Secretary William Cohen of the the U.S. So as incredible as this idea may seem to you, the fact is that both America and Russia have their own separate electromagnetic weapon systems. America's system is called HAARP, H-A-A-R-P, and uh, there was just a special that uh, Jesse Ventura did on that up on, um, uh, I think, True TV. I understand Jesse Ventura is not a Christian, okay? And Jesse Ventura may very well be a plant, okay? But the fact remains is that the the information that they got into in that report was, from what my research indicates, very factual. And uh, he interviewed Nick Begich, who's kind of like the main guy that's done a ton of research on this. And in fact, this is one of the uh, DVDs that Cutting Edge is selling called Harp the Update, and it's by Nick, Dr. Nick Begich. And then also uh, William Schneblin 
did a, has a DVD called Russia's Secret, Secret Weapon to Defeat America. And that was on, I believe, the scalier weapons. So these are some resources if you want to know a little bit more about this. You'll be able to access these off the newsletter, either the PDF connected to this teaching or the email that I will send out. And I try to do that with all the teachings. Uh, you can just click on the, the uh, little icons there and they'll take you to the description. So anyway, <clears throat> going further, each electromagnetic system can set off earthquakes and volcanoes remotely, making people believe the explosion was a, quote, act of God. Uh, so this has been well known for a long time, just pretty much suppressed in the news, even though they've openly admitted to it, the military. This is from Reuters, and it's volcanic ash relentless as Tremors Rock, Iceland. Reykjavik, um, this is out of Reykjavik, Iceland. Powerful tremors from an Icelandic volcano that had been a menace for travelers across Europe shook the countryside on Sunday as eruptions hurled a steady stream of ash into the sky. Ash from the volcano drifted southeast towards the European continent, sparing the capital of Reykjavik and other more populated centers, but forcing farmers and their livestock indoors as a blanket of ash fell in the surrounding areas. As ash blew across Europe, thousands of airlines were grounded since the engines will fail within minutes after ingesting volcanic ash. Hundreds of thousands of people were stranded, and talks soon surfaced about the potential damaging economic disaster coming upon Europe if goods and services were disrupt disrupted for very much longer. So, was this volcanic blow caused by either America's HARP or Russia's scalier electromagnetic weapons systems, the capabilities of which were outlined by American Defense Secretary William Cohen. Uh, Cutting Edge says, I believe it's very likely this volcano is certainly positioned to cause enormous disruption to the superpower European Union. Why was the volcano exploded at this time? We're not sure, but we must carefully watch to see what changes are advocated in the immediate time after the volcano. That's the, th the key thing I think we have to look at at this point. Um, <clears throat> controlled crisis brings about controlled change. And the motto of the, you know, the Illuminati in the 33rd degree motto, order ab cal, meaning order out of chaos, and this chaotic event that could have been created, we'll see what type of order they want to try to bring out of it. And typically that order will be either restricting more rights, taking away more rights, uh, who knows. <clears throat> Uh, if these changes advance part of the global agenda of the Illuminati, we will then know the reason why. So that's kind of a story in the making. Next article is entitled, President Obama is pushing Israel, Prime Minister Netanyahu, to carve up Jerusalem. This is out of World Daily Net. The Obama administration is pushing Israel to hand the Palestinian Authority full control of a major neighborhood in Jerusalem as a so-called confidence-building gesture to jumpstart Israeli-Palestinian negotiations. The Obama administration has demanded the following from Israel as a, quote, confidence-building gesture toward the Palestinians ahead of any negotiations. Now, this is prior to even going into negotiations with the Muslims, whose Quran tells them that the only remedy for the Jews is total annihilation. That's the only... That's the only remedy for the Muslims. Now, I understand, yes, there's evil Zionists at the very, very head of the Israeli government as well, those of the synagogue of Satan. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and condemn all of Israel for what 
the synagogue of Satan is planning. Okay, so again, I've always tried to say we need to have biblical balance regarding this situation. Number one, these are the things that um, are the confidence-building gestures that the Obama administration is demanding. Israel. This is even prior to to these talks. Number one, Israel needs to scale back roadblocks and checkpoints in the strategic West Bank. Since instituting these roadblocks and checkpoints, the IDF, or the Israeli Defense Force, has been substantially successful in curbing the flow of terrorists and their weapons from Palestinian areas to Jewish areas. By removing many roadblocks and checkpoints, this would allow terrorists to more easily infiltrate Israeli territory. And that means innocent Jewish men, women, and children are going to die. Now, again, this is exactly the plan. Because if you give the terrorists or the Muslims an inch, and these are the fundamental jihadist Muslims, okay? Jihad, holy war. If you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Is, you know, any little thing you give them, they're going to use it to perpetuate terrorism. It's what the Quran tells them to do. Number two. Israel release about 2,000 Palestinian uh, prisoners from Israeli jails. Many of these prisoners are held in jail because they committed or tried to commit crimes against the Jews as terrorists. As soon as they're released, they would immediately go back to their crimes against the Israeli citizens. I mean, these two things so far sound, I mean, totally, totally crazy. All it's going to do is make things worse. Three, Israel ease its siege of the Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip. Currently, Israel is only blocking the flow of material which enhances the Hamas military capability. <clears throat> Basic foodstuffs and medicine is still flowing freely into the Gaza Strip, yet the world believes that Israel is literally starving the Gaza Strip. Well, again, you know, that's exactly the propaganda you're going to get from Muslim sources. They're doing this, they're doing that, they're using our children or as, uh, you know, target practice and all this other stuff when the reality is is the Muslims have moved women and children into those very areas that they're occupying so that Israel will not fire upon them yet they'll turn around and blame the Jews when a, when a child dies or whatever now I'm not saying like I said Israel's perfect okay I'm not saying that maybe there hasn't been instances where that might have happened but the reality is, is these women and children have been pre-positioned in there for that very reason, so that when anything happens, they can come out and say, oh, look at what these terrible Jews have done to us. When the reality is, is, is the Muslims and the terrorists are absolutely 100% encroaching on the very little bit of land that Israel has. And it is an infinitesimal amount compared to what the, compared to what the Muslims have. And I'll, I'll give that quote in a second. The last demand is that Israel turn over to the Palestinians, Palestinian Authority, full control of key West Bank cities that are currently under security control of Israel due to threats. See, every time they give them more land, what happens is they just move the rockets in that much closer. And they bomb, you know, it's, it's never ever has worked. I've done extensive studies on this, documenting this over and over and over again. You, you just, you can't make a deal with the devil and expect it to turn out right. <clears throat> then we go on to uh, quote, the demand if enacted would be unprecedented for any Israel-Palestinian talks. This is just prior 
to them going into talks, to appease these um, evil Muslim factions. This is what they're demanding prior, and what the Obama administration is as well, prior to them just sitting down to talk. What would they, what would they expect as concessions from the talk? I mean, if this is what they're expecting prior, oh my word, what are they going to expect you know, as a result of them? The Jewish state has never been asked to withdraw from any Jew- Jerusalem territory in exchange for starting negotiations. The nation of Israel is surrounded by 22 hostile Arab Islamic dictatorships that are 640 times her size and 60 times her population. The nation of Israel, um, and then Arab propagandists call Israel, have the nerve to call Israel expansionist. When the reality is, is what they're coming in, they're taking what little, little, little away that they have, and yet Israel is called expansionist? It doesn't make any sense. There's no truth in this statement as Israel occupies one-sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab. There are 13 million Jews in the world, almost 500, uh, 5 million fewer than there were in 1939, and 300 million Arabs and 1.4 billion Muslims. One of the craziest facts in this entire situation is, is that no one is asking the Palestinian Authority to reciprocate any, quote, confidence-building measures. I mean, isn't it usually like if you give something, you get something in a negotiation? No, they're not asking any of that. And look who's pressuring them, Obama. You know, another thing I want to bring up there. You know when another faction of the potential coming New World Order that is incredibly on the side of the Palestinians, on the Muslims, on the side of now Obama, as he's obviously... I mean, as we talked about last week, they're actually... America is actually acting on behalf of the Palestinian Authority in negotiations now, which is also unprecedented. We're acting as though we're Muslims. We're, we're going to represent the Palestinian Authority to Israel. We were supposed to be their allies. No, 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 we're not their allies anymore. We're against them, and we're on the side of the Palestinian Authority. You know who else is on that side? Benjamin Krem and Maitreya, heavily. Share International, over and over and over again, saying how, essentially how wicked Israel has been in their dealings toward the Palestinians. Over and over again. And that they're one of the main problems with the world. So if you insist on putting your side, yourself on the side of the Palestinians regarding this argument... And I still get emails from people defending them. Okay, and again, I'm talking about having biblical balance. I'm not also talking about saying, well, the Jews are like, like John Hagee says, they're, they're, they're going to heaven just because they're Jews. And uh, just because of the blood that flows through their veins, they get out of jail, free card pass, and believe in an ethnic salvation where we're actually giving, you know, um, you know and, and these people that are giving money to get the temple rebuilt, you know, that type of stuff. I'm not talking about going off that deep end either. Just kind of having some type of balance here. But if you put yourself on the side of the Palestinians on this issue, you're aligning yourself now with Obama, now you're also aligning yourself with Matrey and Benjamin Krem. You kind of have to wonder, you know, if you're on that side, you kind of have to worry, you know, start to wonder, um, maybe there's, maybe I need to rethink this possibly. Particularly considering that one-sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab are actually what Israel is. It's, and they keep giving up more and more and more, and it always backfires. They just move the rockets in closer. 
and then blame blame Israel when she defends herself. It's insanity. So, let's go further. Um, <clears throat> Therefore, this entire series of demands upon Israel is as one-sided as you can possibly imagine. What this kind of pressure does is to encourage the Palestinians that they can just sit back and wait for the Americans, the Europeans, and the Russians to pressure Israel into making territorial concessions that they've always wanted. The current news story is perfectly in line with the premise of, of a new book that just came out called The Israel Omen. Which, uh, the Israel Omen, the ancient warning of catastrophes has begun, powered by ominous attempts to remove Israel from God's promised land. Now again, I've also cited other things, that guy, that, that Koenig guy, that wrote a book on this. I think there's, at this point, at least three books documentary that when um, countries go against Israel to get, pressure them to give up their land, these catastrophic things always happen. Since most Christians have never heard of God's Israel omen, let us explain. When God raised up Moses to bring the Jewish people out of Egypt, he threw a protective mantle over Israel, which they've dubbed the Israel omen. This protection of Israel warned any potential enemy that if they attacked or if they harmed Israel, God would visit great calamities on them. Now, I understand there are certain times when this didn't apply, and that was when like Israel totally turned its back on God, and then God gave them over to heathen nations. Okay, So, again, a little, uh, I wouldn't even have biblical balance with the subject, but uh, the protection is essentially summed up in the following verses. Genesis 12, 1-3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And meaning, this was the, this is the very um, in, uh, formation of, of Israel, where God was actually starting this process. And I will make a great nation, make, make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Well, we were primarily blessed through Jesus Christ, who came through this lineage of Abraham. Or Abraham. Okay, so this is the start. Now, I understand the Bible says that um, if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed as well, and heirs according to the promise. So, uh, a born-again Christian is, the Bible refers to them like the wall of the wild olive tree that was grafted into the natural tree, and we're not supposed to boast against the, the natural uh, branches, and the Bible talks about that in Romans. Um, but it also talks about how God's not done with the Jews in Romans 10 and 11, and if you doubt that, just read those two chapters, Romans 10 and 11. And then the, the Jews are also mentioned very specifically in the book of Revelation. Uh, the tribes are all mentioned um, by name in Re- Revelation 7. You, you look at Revelation uh, 14. And so, <clears throat> a lot of people say, well, no, that's just all spiritualized now, and it doesn't really apply to those specific tribes anymore, and this and that. And Believe what you want. You know, I do not believe God is through with the Jews. Blindness is part, blindness in part has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentile come in. They've been blind for a long time, in part. Not to say that a Jew can't be saved, because obviously they can. But, anyway, I just wanted to kind of uh, touch upon that. And 
this book, author David Brennan contends that God returned his protective mantle over Israel when he brought her to the land again in 1948. Then, the Israel Omen examines the key events since 1991 to show that any people or nation who try to hurt Israel or divide her land suffer a significant catastrophe. Now, this isn't something that's debatable. This is something that's fact, that's been proven over and over again. So again, be careful what side you're on this issue. Um, Because, (laughs) you know, it's just, I think it's very important. To, to, to be on the right side of this issue. To have biblical balance, but also to be on the right side. This book is one of the... Uh, this book is one of the key books for resources at the end of the age. Anyway, I give you the uh, the link there. You'll see a little picture you can click on. And uh, that's through Cutting Edge. And you can get it through that ministry. So anyway, I think that's something that I'm going to... You know, it just seems to be coming up more and more and more. Over and over and over again. Uh, Israel is actually now debating on whether an attack on Iran, because Iran is one of the main ones that are actually trying to bring a lot of this pressure. They're, they're, they're kind of trying to work through the Palestinian Authority to bring pressure on Israel to do this. And they're actually considering right now a attack on Iran without the consent of the U.S. And most likely, unfortunately, it's going to come down to that. And where we're actually going to be against her full-fledged. I mean, it's already looking like we're moved, posturing in that position right now heavily. Uh, with good old uh, devil Obama at the helm. But it's most likely, unfortunately, going to get worse in regard to that. Uh, so anyway, it, it's all confirmed in the Bible. I mean, this is, this is stuff we should really be expecting to happen. Next article is, Study Confirms the Link Between Autism and the use of cells from aborted babies in vaccines. Now, this is something I've talked quite a bit about, and this will this was, I mean, horrific confirmation of this subject that I've talked about extensively in times past. I'm so glad, though, that this information is coming out, because I've, I've read very little about uh, this subject uh, in recent years. <clears throat> Okay, so, a new study conducted by the Environmental Protection Agency shows a correlation between the use of cells from babies in abortions in vaccines to an increase in autism rates. The study provides another problem from pro-life advocates who are already concerned about the abortion vaccine tie. The study was published in February in the publication of Environmental Science and Technology and confirms 1988 as a, quote, change point in the rise of autism disorder rate. Although the debate about the nature of increasing autism rate continues, the potential for increase to be real and involve exogenous environmental stressors still exist, the study points out. The 1988 date is significant because, as pro-life blogger Jill Stanick notes, the Sound Choice Pharmaceutical Industry Institute indicates that when the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices added a second dose of MMR vaccine containing the fetal cell lines from aborted babies to its recommendations. In other words, it's the same year. 1988 was this big change point when the autism rate started to soar, and it was the exact same year when the second dose of MMR vaccine, which is cultured off aborted babies, 
that's when they added it to the recommendations. See, they've they've increased the vaccinations um, dramatically in the last 20 years. You know, they they started off with very few vaccinations when this all, but then they, it's just like the devil is. He's just going to keep put pressing and pressing and pressing for more and more and more evil. And this is what the vaccinations are. They're just pure evil. And, you know, there's a lot of other things in there that could be contributing to the autism rates as well. Uh, you know, mercury and these these uh, types of things. Formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with. They, they culture the vaccinations off all kind of horrific mediums. The aborted babies being the worst, I believe. All kind of foreign DNA from monkeys and chickens and cows and things of this nature contaminating this. It's literally like a witch's brew. And I really believe, as pharmacia has as its base and its root word, as literally sorcery, which is where we derive the word sorcery in the Bible from the from the root of pharmacia, and then we have you know that relating to pharmaceuticals and pharmacy. And this is where it's all derived from the same root word. Um, it's no wonder that it is a witch's brew, because it is. I really truly believe witchcraft. And if you want to know more about that, just go up to YouTube, Ken Scott Johnson, and uh, probably sorcery is all you'd need to really can, or pharmacia. And you'll find that the study I've done on this, because I did an extensive study on this particular subject. Going further, it says the study found two other change point dates. 1981, two years after the MMR2 was approved in the United States with fetal cells, and in 1995, when the SCPI says the chickenpox vaccine, uh, which also uses aborted babies as its culturing medium, was approved. So all these years, when they when they approved specific vaccines that were cultured off aborted babies and introduced them and made that part of the vaccine schedule, they had rises in autism rates. I mean, it's to me, it's it's such a non-debatable issue. All these things you see about autism, and and well, we just don't know. What, yes, you do. They know exactly what's causing it. Autism was virtually non-existent before the advent of vaccines, and now it's exploded. Well, what's causing it? Well, just ask the parents. It was kind of funny because little Johnny got their vaccine, and then the next day became autistic, or that day. Or within the week, over and over and over again. There's whole support groups for parents who have autistic children, and they develop this right after when they were vaccinated. I worked with a man who was a chiropractor. Both his kids are autistic, and both of them developed it very shortly after they were vaccinated. And yet, there's not... I mean... I don't believe there's just not near enough public outcry. I don't know whether the parents are afraid to go against the big pharmaceutical companies or what it is, but there's very little outcry as far as what there should be regarding this matter. And I'm not talking about everybody, because some people really are making a lot of noise, but I just don't believe there's there's enough out there. Because this is, this is um, I mean, this is horrific. This is very, you know, Nazi German, Germany-like. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Going further, 
Jim Sedlick, vice president of American Life League, said today that his group is joining the SCPI in calling for Fair Labeling and Informed Consent Act to let people know of this link and the use of cells from babies victimized by abortion. For years, the evidence has pointed toward the link between vaccines using DNA from aborted babies and the rise of autism. Parents need and deserve to know the risks associated with vaccinations made from lines derived from the bodies of aborted children. And not only that, as I brought this up in the past, who knows what's happened to you on a spiritual level? What kind of curse you may be bringing on yourself, literally, when you're injecting a vaccine, a witch's brew, into your child's body that's been cultured off an aborted baby? Do you think that God is going to bless that vaccine? How could that possibly be possible? There would be much more, a much higher likelihood that it would be a curse on your child. This is why Hosea 4.6 says that we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that we're, we're supposed to, you know, understand and try to, try to sort through things like this. Let Satan get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. We don't want, this is one of Satan's greatest devices in the modern day age. Not only that, but as I've talked about in, in recent times, they absolutely have the technology for putting microchip, literal dust, into the vaccines and you won't even know it's there. They can even put uh, small microchips at the end of the vaccine needle and quality control and you'll never even know you're injected with it. I mean, they don't care. Satan is trying to defile humanity and trying to corrupt the seed of mankind, specifically his DNA, to the fullest possible extent, just like it was in the days of Noah, and just like Jesus Christ predicted, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And the main thing going on in Noah's day in Genesis 6 was the corruption of mankind's DNA and the corrupting of the seed, and it got so bad that God had to wipe out the whole world, including the animals, because they had been corrupted too, most likely, with a flood, save the people on the ark and the animals on the ark, and pretty much start over. So, this is just, I think this is one of the main ways, if not the main way, the DNA of mankind is being compromised and corrupted, compromised and corrupted. Uh, further quoting this um, man, he says, while the pharmaceutical industry ignores the evidence and continues to put our children at risk, uh, let's see here, Sound Choice is conducting studies on the impact of residual human fetal DNA in vaccines on brain development and autism in children. Stanek also commented on new developments. Quote, the conspiracy theorist in me wonders if the same sort of ideological culprits we are seeing covering up would also be covering up the abortion breast cancer link that are also involved here. Now, did you know that? It's proven fact that women that have one or multiple abortions, they have a much higher risk of breast cancer. Now, I'm not, I'm not condemning someone. I'm not saying God can't forgive you. I'm just saying that it's a proven fact that if you've had an abortion or abortions, your breast cancer risk goes way up. Okay, um, Most likely, as a, you know, hey, you reap what you sow. And, and that's, uh, unfortunately, one of the also the things that happens in that particular scenario. 
he goes on to say this would be a huge, huge blow to embryonics. Stem cell experimentation, also a huge class action lawsuits are on the horizon if this is proven. Well, it sounds like it's already been proven. But guaranteed, the giant pharma, satanic giant pharmaceutical cartels are going to oppose this at every step of the way to make sure this information is as suppressed as possible. And this is why I try to bring you these things on a weekly basis, because these are things most likely we're not going to hear about in the news. And it is something that could greatly defile your temple, physically, and even, I believe, on a spiritual level, if you're not aware of it. I mean, we're body, soul, and spirit, and if, if the devil can destroy us in the body, and in this case it's affecting our spirit, I believe, too, then you're only as strong as your weakest link. I mean, if you've been devastated from a vaccination... And you could have the greatest intent in the world to want to serve God, but if you've been either killed prematurely from one of them, or suffered some horrific disease, or been adversely affected spiritually, you know, Satan could care less as long as he's taken you out of the game. And this is why I have the ministry I have to warn people about things of this nature. Um... In part, at least. you know. Ultimately, I want to see people get saved. That's the ultimate goal here. But there's different ways you can bring people to salvation, and there's different ways you can bring people to truth as well. So, let's go further here. Uh, that virus... Okay, this is a, another quote from this particular lady. She says, The virus-laden DNA of aborted babies could be wreaking havoc on the DNA of healthy children. And that is completely plausible. So she's actually saying that this DNA is virus-laden as well. And they go on to say they will present their studies at the International Society for Autism Research, May 2010. And I give you a whole bunch of links here you can click in to if you want to explore this further. The PDF will be available up on contendingfortruth.com in the audio teaching part. Um, you'll see a little PDF, red PDF box, like the Adobe Acrobat one, and you can click on that and, and have this. I'll also be sending this out via email as well, like I do every week. Okay, and this is we're going to give you a little more confirmation now on what we just told you about. For over 30 years, pharmaceutical companies in this country have been producing vaccines. Now, at the time of the writing of this article, most likely now it's over 40 Pharmaceutical companies in this country have been producing vaccines derived from the tissues of aborted babies, a fact that was brought to light when several prominent religious newspapers published articles on the morality of using these types of vaccines. The trouble began when a new law in St. Louis County, Missouri, required food handlers to obtain hepatitis A vaccine for employment. When the source of the vaccine was revealed, many principled individuals objected with good reason. And as this information has continued to become more and more public, a large number of physicians and parents are highly troubled by the ethical issues involved. How did this happen? During the rubella epidemic of 1964, some doctors advised exposed pregnant women to abort their children. Oh, you got rubella, you better abort your child. For the good of humanity, evidently, they were telling them. The resulting virus strain developed was known in the science world as R.A. 273. Okay, we're going to break that word RA273. We're going to break that down. What does it stand for? 
R stands for rubella. A stands for abortus, meaning they derive the culture from an aborted baby. 27 stands for the 27th aborted baby tested. And 3 stands for the third tissue sample of that 27th aborted baby. That's what it stands for. There were actually 26 abortions prior to finding the, quote, right species with the active virus. The vaccine was then cultivated on the lung tissue of yet another aborted infant known as WI-38, which stands for Y-Star Institute 38. This sample was taken from the lung tissue of an aborted female baby, infant, at three months gestation in the 1960s. A second human line, MR-5, was derived from a male baby at 14 weeks gestation in the 1970s. They were used to cultivate the weakened virus strains of several diseases to produce the immunizations. These two human cell lines cultivated in the lab continue to provide an ongoing source for many widely used vaccines. This is an absolute total abomination from the pit of hell. That, you know what? That's all I would need to see. I don't care if the vaccines did work. I could care less. I would rather die than get one of these blasphemous abominations injected into me. I don't care if they did work. They don't. They do the exact opposite. They end up making you sicker. They bring a curse upon you. Well, I don't believe that. Well, okay, you don't have to believe it. Just do the math. I mean, you think you're bringing a blessing upon yourself? If you get one of these, or if, or if, or if you get it injected into your child? Well, it doesn't matter. I, I have to have them for my child to go to school. Okay, so that's an excuse. No, you don't. There's, there's religious exemption, religious exemption vaccination forms that you can get. Now, maybe that's not the case in every single state. All I'm telling you is that, I'm sorry, this is an optional. For me, or, you know, it would not be optional for me. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm so much better than everybody else. I just, hopefully, you can see what a major issue this is. This is a trivial matter. And I don't believe it's a trivial matter to God, as well. We're supposed to resist evil. This is evil. Now, I give you, at the time of the writing of this article, and there's probably more vaccinations we can add to this, the actual vaccines where this is being used. I'll just give you some of them. This is one against rubella, Merivax, Rudivax, Eruvax. I give you the company that makes them, um, what it's used for. The MMR ones are MMR1, ROR, Trimovax, and Priorix. Other vaccines, also prepared from the cell lines of aborted babies. Two vaccines against hepatitis A. Um, one vaccine against chickenpox, which is Verivax. One 
vaccine against poliomyelitis, poliovax, one vaccine against rabies, imovax, one vaccine against smallpox, AMAM, ACAM 1000. And again, there's probably way more now. Anyway, let's go to the next story here. Deadly airborne fungus in Oregon is set to spread. The new rare strain has killed one in four affected. This was actually on the Today Show, uh, this report. It was April 22nd, just happened. And a deadly new airborne new strain of fungus has emerged in Oregon. It's killed nearly one out of four known affected people so far. It might also attack animals. And is likely to spread researchers now warn. Now, I'm bringing this out because I've had several people email me about this already. The new strain known as VG2C of the fungus Cryptococcus gatii not only targets humans, but also has been proven capable of infecting dogs, cats, alpacas, sheep, and elk. Other strains have even affected porpoises. Although it can spread to mammals, it does not jump from animal to animal. Instead, people and other animals get it from inhaling spores released by samples of the fungus that infect trees. Now, so understand, you get this from inhaling spores of this particular fungus, okay? So bear that in mind because I want to comment on that a little bit more at the end. It's in the environment and we're exposed to the environment, researcher Edmund Bynes of Duke University Medical Center told Life Science. And the environment's and the environmental range of this has been expanding. While scientists aren't sure how the highly infectious and virulent fungus emerged in Oregon, they caution the new strain now looks set to expand to California and other neighboring areas. This novel fungus is worrisome because it appears to be a threat to otherwise healthy people. Typically, we more often see this fungal disease associated with transplant recipients in HIV-infected patients but that is not what we are seeing yet. Symptoms can appear two or more months after exposure. Most people never develop symptoms, though. But those infected may have a cough lasting weeks, sharp chest pain, shortness of breath, headache related to meningitis, fever, nighttime sweats and weight loss. In animals, the symptoms are runny nose, breathing problems, nervous system problems, and raised bumps under their skin. Medical treatment requires months to years of antifungal medications and even surgery to remove the large masses of the fungus known as cryptococcus that can develop in the body. So far, it cannot be medically prevented, and there is no vaccine. Oh, thank God. Now, understand, I gave that last sentence was the medical treatment requires months of antifungal medications. First comment I had after this is you may want to invest in a personal nebulizer as mild silver protein can actually be put into this device and atomized into the lungs via the nasal passages. This is something you're seeing a lot now, uh, even on some of the internet sites out there. Uh, I would recommend that you only use a 100 part per million solution of the mild silver protein in a nebulizer. I give you a link here to a nebulizer that you can get, and they've come down in price now. And this one, it has a... uh, uh, the kind you really want are the kind with the masks over the face because you can you can inhale it through the nose or through the mouth and that way you can treat the nasal passages and also um, the, uh, the other way where you can actually inhale with your mouth. Okay, so 
if you do that, you're only going to use 100 part per million mild silver protein for nebulizer use. I'll give you a link here to, to a uh, one I found, and they're, like I said, they've come down in price, which is really nice. I'll also give you their number. I have no vested interest in any of that. I'm just saying, people ask me, where do I go to get a nebulizer? Well, this seems to be a pretty good one at a really good price. It's, I think it's like $67. Um, before, you'd be hard-pressed to find one for a couple hundred dollars. Uh, I also posted my special that I have on the silver right now. Now, if you had 5,000 part per million, you would need to dilute it, I believe, with 50 parts distilled water in order to make a 100 part per million solution that you would use in a nebulizer. So bear that in mind. Don't try to put 5,000 part per million in a nebulizer. It's too thick. Um, you, want it, you want to dilute it down. Now... The reason I bring this up is because the way that you get infected with this particular uh, problem, with this particular fungus, is through inhalation of the spores into the lung field. If you can actually atomize the lung fields with the mild silver protein, you're actually going, it's, it's going to actually kill on contact. And personally, I don't know of anything stronger to kill fungus than the mild silver protein. It seems to work better on funguses than any other thing that there is that I've ever seen. Uh, it's extremely good. And this is why I've had patients where, uh, particularly women, if they're loaded with candida, I have had women that can only handle one drop per day of the 5,000 part per million silver. Only one drop. Because it it's so much stronger than any other thing you're going to be able to buy on the market when, you, when they take that into the system, they hold that under the tongue, it gets into the bloodstream, it starts killing all the candida. You go into what they call a Herxheimer reaction or a die-off, okay, where the body's killing the candida at such a rate that it's devoting all of its energy to getting rid of it, and it can typically give you a headache. Uh, you, a lot of times, will want to go right to bed. It's very important if you're if you're using it, and particularly when you first start, that when you're taking the mild silver protein. In, you start out slow, and you can email me, and I'll give you the, my, my newsletter on the mild silver protein, uh, where it kind of gives you the startup directions. If you, if you think that you're at a high state of infection, or um, whether it's bacteria, funguses, viruses, email me. I'll send you my newsletter if you don't already have it. And near the end, I give you the startup directions to be, you know, to try to be conservative when you first start it, because this is very powerful stuff. And uh, you want to be conservative, start slow. But I've had several women, I could only start them off at one drop per day until they could actually increase it a little bit more. And that particularly happens with fungus. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to give you that little proviso there. I posted my special within the body of this um, email and the PDF. My website is www dr-johnson.com but you can't get the special up there. The special I'm running though is only for in the United States. I cannot get into overseas shipping. I'm really sorry. I just can't do it. But if you order off my website if you're overseas uh, they ship all over the world because it goes through the factory. That website is literally the factory put it up for me when I did the avion flu tour back in 05 and uh you can get it all over the world there. So the reason I'm bringing that up is these are questions I've gotten 
quite a bit over the last six months, and I just wanted to touch on it again so that people would kind of understand that. Okay, let's go to the next article. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, second thought, I'm going to go ahead and just go to part two next. So God bless you. We'll see you in part two.